0: Well, good day, everyone. I'm Sam. I'm Gary. And we are the extras this week. Uh, no Mike Everett, he's off on holidays uh, enjoying sunny Queensland, I think. So we've got Gary in the hot seat tonight, today, to help us uh, answer some of your great questions from Sunday. Uh, we've got quite a few today, Gary. A lot. Yeah. So we're going to try and keep them short and sharp. And uh, yeah, they're, but they're on a whole bunch of different topics and uh, looking forward to us. Uh, to it, Gary. Can you give us a quick recap? You and I have both been preaching sermon on the mountain. Just remind us where were we uh, on Sunday.
1: We are in Matthew chapter six, verses one to eighteen, and Jesus starts off by saying, "Be careful, uh, be careful uh, that when you practice your acts of righteousness in front of people, you don't know, you don't do it to get their attention." Is essentially what Jesus says, and he gives us uh, three examples of how we can practice our practice our righteousness in public, which can be three examples of hypocrisy, and he gives us three encouragement that. Our hearts need to be in the right place, that we would do these things, even if no one else sees us do it, so that our Father who is in heaven will give us the reward.
0: Yeah, so it's all about motivation and uh, where your heart's at in your practising of your righteousness. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, uh, well, we'll dive into some questions. And uh, the first sort of set of questions, Gary, are all around rewards um, and uh, a couple of questions about uh, what are these rewards and, and can you elaborate on rewards in heaven? You want to kick us off with that one?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, rewards in heaven, uh, the passage doesn't actually say that. It just says rewards from our Father who is in heaven. Mm. Um, so, we've got to be careful with that. I think the rewards are something we can enjoy now. But what are these rewards? What I said in my talk was the rewards are relational rather than transactional. So, uh, let me give me give an illustration of what of what that means. Uh, let's say you do something for someone you love, uh, and uh, if you want to be a hypocrite about it, you could do it in such a way that you could then post about it on the Facebook and get all these likes and the intention of others. Hmm. Or you do it because you love that person, and that your reward is actually in seeing them, seeing their joy and hmm. their delight and their benefit and sharing in that. And that's the relational type of reward that we're talking about here, which comes from God, that as we do these acts of righteousness in devotion to Him, out of obedience to Him, out of relationship with Him. Mm. and He He gets great joy in seeing people following in His footsteps, being like Him, mm. and we get to share in His joy.
0: Yeah, that's I mean, that's the language, isn't it, of, of later in Matthew 25, if you want to go look this up, um, in 25, uh, 21, one of the, the, the parables here, I think it's the parable of the talents, and um, sort of the, the language that Jesus uses for the, the one who... Uh, is faithful to god that, that that the father will say to them uh, share in your master's joy Absolutely. and that seems to be the, the the notion here of of reward that jesus is focusing on our reward is god's pleasure mm. and yeah so and that's and that kind of opens up the nature of it's a relationship with god that we enjoy much like i mean different to other relationships but much like other relationships mm. that we enjoy yeah yeah okay uh what do we got next gary
1: uh what have we got we've got uh, this question is a really good one I think you know um, how can we be genuinely serving God in those parts of serving a life that cannot be in secret motives are so tricky
0: yeah I love the heart of this question because it it gets the reality of um, we often have mixed motivations don't we mm. and uh, it's and it's right there are parts of uh, serving God that are um, that aren't in secret. Often, this is the reality for people in Christian leadership. Yes, uh, you do have secret bits. All Christians have secret bits. You can pray in secret. You can do all sorts of things in secret. But uh, particularly, a Christian leader needs to practice parts of their Christian life in public. And uh, the the danger comes uh, in that. So, you got any wisdom for us on on how you how you handle that?
1: Well, I think you just need to keep on asking yourself the question. I mean, who am I doing this for? Uh, I think we both spoke about playing to an audience of one. We did, and it's it's one of those things. Who am I doing this for? Mm. Who am I doing this to get the attention of others? Am I doing this to get the you know for the sake of God? Mm. And I think that that internal dialogue is very helpful for us as as we serve. Yes, and I
0: think too, to, to recognize there is a sense while we have a sin nature, we are going to wrestle with con- constantly wrestle with having mixed motives, and I think. It's very hard. Like if you wait until you've got perfectly pure motives all the time, then you'll almost never do anything. And so, perhaps one way to think about it is to confess your mixed motives to God early and say, God, I've got this thing coming up, and the temptation for me is to feel proud about. It. I'm giving a talk at kids' group, or I'm giving, I'm leading in prayer, and I have the temptation to be proud. And I want to confess that to you, and I just ask that you'd help me to put that aside and, and seek to please you alone as I do this. Just um, to, to be honest with God about that and, and seek yeah. his approval rather than...
1: And, and the other thing to say is reading scripture is helpful. I mean, again, Jesus knows our hearts, doesn't he? So, mm. chapter 6, verse 1, he says, be careful. Why does he say be careful? Mm. Because we are in danger. Yeah, absolutely. So reading scripture, being exposed to that and asking mm. ourselves the right questions in the light of scripture, yeah, super helpful.
0: Yeah, okay. Um, Here we go, Gary. Uh, A couple of questions about fasting. Now, we addressed this a little bit on Sunday night in the live question time. there's probably more to say, even than what I was able to say on Sunday night. Um, Let me give you one of them. Uh, Someone has said here, uh, at at the risk of play-acting myself, I do the praying and giving bits, but what about fasting? What does or can that look like for us today?
1: Yeah, it's a a tricky one, isn't it? So these three examples, giving to the poor, uh, praying and fasting, they were... Spiritual practices at a time that mm. the Pharisees did. There were Jewish practices, mm. and I guess the, que- the big question is, how much does this continue for us as Christians? Yeah. Uh, all three practices are, are practiced by Christians in the Bible, mm. but a lot more is said about giving, mm. giving to the poor, and praying than mm. it is said about fasting. Yeah. Yep. So the question is, how much how much emphasis should we place on fasting as a result?
0: That and that's the question I think. And uh, someone really helpfully texted me on Monday morning, uh, which I appreciated just uh, after my answer on uh, on Sunday night, um, and uh, and made the point that the way that the, the scripture kind of talks about fasting is that it seems to uh, sort of cease after Acts fifteen. It doesn't doesn't get talked about much more after that, um, and and so what do you do with that? Does that mean that the, we shouldn't? Encourage it or shouldn't do it as Christians, because it's kind of that's Acts fifteen. If you don't know, is the kind of Council of Jerusalem and uh, the point where the gospel then turns really full force to the to the Gentile world, um, and that's something I've been wrestling with over the last couple of days. And it's been it's been a helpful wrestle to to think about. and And I think there's probably something to that. And I don't know if you if you were listening to last week's episode of the podcast, and we set up three categories for how to think about Old Testament practices and commands, um, which were kind of sometimes Jesus repudiates them, sometimes Jesus receives them, and then other times Jesus reinterprets them and says do them differently. Um, I think it's fair to say Jesus doesn't repudiate fasting. Uh, some things he says don't do that anymore, but it seems that here there's an expectation, uh, oh sorry, not an expectation, but an but a acceptance that uh, this could, this could well, very well very well be a practice that you do. And he seems to say when you fast, um, Matthew 9, he says they will fast the early church do fast Um, so he doesn't repudiate it Um, so it seems that it's at least received as something that a a Christian can do. Is it um, encouraged, I think Gary's point is helpful in that the rest of the New Testament goes on to dig much deeper into prayer and giving and give them a particularly Christian uh, understanding um, and they are quite well covered topics. Fasting probably a little bit less so and I didn't really talk about that much on Sunday night in my answer and I think that's probably something I could have done a bit better and, uh, but I think that's, uh, that, that's probably a helpful way to think about it. It's something that is perfectly appropriate for a Christian to do, but not really
1: uh, demanded that a, that a Christian would do. Is that fair to say? I, I think it's an area of freedom. Mm. Uh, it can be helpful for some people. I know some people find it helpful to set aside uh, food, to focus and pray on God. Mm. Do you need to set aside food to do that? For some people that's helpful, for some people that's not. Mm. So I think it really comes down to the heart that wants to Spend good time focusing on God and pray, reflecting on His Word and praying. Mm.
0: So, yeah. And it's interesting. I had it. There was a, there was a uh, connect card given on Sunday night as well. It didn't kind of make it into these questions, but someone made the point that they that they, there's other things that they choose to give up um, for the sake of focusing on God. They choose to give up um, their social media for a season, um, just in order to not be bombarded, but to focus on God and uh, just making a comment more than anything. Yeah. Um, and I think there's something in that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Whatever's helpful, I think, to have grown your relationship. We've got, yeah,
0: very helpful. Okay, um, all right. Uh, someone said here, I'm feeling quite convicted by the sermon. Well, praise God for that. Uh, how do we then repent earnestly and not hypocritically, thinking about uh, confessing to others and that kind of stuff?
1: I think the first thing that needs to happen when you repent is to repent to God. So, it, it ultimately, uh, when it comes to the practices of righteousness in public for the sake of drawing attention to yourself what you've breached you've breached you're using something that god has given you for him for your own sake so you need to repent to god he, mm. he's the one you've wronged mm. so it's getting that right first which is most important and i think mm. things flow after that i mean if you do the other way around repent of those around you and mm. without repenting the god then yes you got all sorts of troubles. You could almost be <laughs> using
0: your repentance as a means of showing off in a, yeah. if you're just repenting to a to that's humans right. rather than yeah. repentance is first and foremost to like God God would. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Toward God. So yeah, okay, that's helpful. So uh, first and foremost to God in your relationship with God. If, is there a place for confessing sin to others?
1: Yeah, the can the, the can it can be helpful in terms of confessing sin uh, uh, it's a relational thing, saying that I haven't done things for the right reason. I'm sorry about that. Mm. It can be used to encourage people not to follow in your footsteps. You can be a negative example to people. Mm. But again, the the, the great the great danger is always what Jesus is talking about, chapter six, verse one. That we don't do this in such a way to draw even more attention to ourselves. Yeah,
0: yeah, okay. Uh, all right. What, do we, what else have we got here, Gary?
1: All right. Uh, it's, it's, it's the flip side of that, isn't mm. it? Based on the passage tonight, the question asks, is it appropriate for us to give praise to other people for the works that they do
0: yeah and I think the answer is yes absolutely because that's modelled for us in the the scriptures Uh, Apostle Paul often begins his letter saying uh, I give great thanks to God for you and and praises the good things that he also points out some negative things that are going on too but often he'll he'll be full of thanks Uh, but interesting again his thankfulness is directed toward God I thank God for you more so than it is I thank you um, and and I think that that's a helpful kind of uh, way to think about. We we don't thank someone for uh, their giving. We don't thank someone for their serving per se. We thank God that they've offered service, or well, we uh,
1: thank God for the way His Spirit's worked in their lives mm, to produce generosity, to produce yeah.
0: humble servant hardness. Yes. So yeah. So we are thankful for those things, and, and we can tell people that we that yeah. we are thankful for them. And um, but good to. Yeah. Again, have our
1: even our praise
0: be directed Godward rather than yeah.
1: Because uh, even then, uh, we still need to help our brothers and sisters be careful. Yeah,
0: that's exactly right. Yeah, but at the end of the day, it's it's up to us when, if, if and when we might receive praise. To be careful with our own hearts, rather than to think, "Oh, I won't, I won't give thanks, or I won't say something positive and affirming, because I might cause them towards pride." That, that that's up to us to.
1: I, I, I think in most cases I would err on uh, being positive towards somebody. That's absolutely then, right. And then, then, then the other way around. That's right.
0: That's exactly right.
1: Um. Okay. Uh. Okay. The warnings
0: heated tonight. This is a question. Uh, the warnings heated tonight against selfish and proud motivations require introspection of ourselves. Uh, what about uh, keeping our brothers and sisters accountable so that they aren't being hypocritical? Um, How do we discern if someone else is play-acting or are they just passionate about
1: their acts? Okay. Uh, In the end, uh, only God knows our hearts. Only God knows our hearts. We we might want to guess why people are doing what they're doing, but only God knows our hearts, and and God will hold us accountable. It's not up to us to hold other people accountable. Accountable, we need to be and we need to be very, very careful that we don't judge people uh, inappropriately. So, and I guess in, in, that, in that sense, we also need to be careful that as we seek to think about holding out accountable, that we need to actually get our own hearts right in the first place. So, mm. it's dangerous territory doing to uh, working towards here, yeah. I mean, and Jesus
0: is about to address that in the Sermon on the Mount. He's yes. going to talk about logs and specks, yeah. and he's going to say, yeah. Well, get the log out of your own eye before
1: you worry about the speck in yeah. someone else's eyes. Having said that we can be helpful mm. with, to our brothers and sisters and and if we're if we're concerned about them we may ask them the question you know how yeah. are you going this why are you doing this yeah. I mean and and to pray for them and I guess for, especially for those of us in leadership uh, uh, we, we do need to ask people about their motivations in serving mm. so because we want people to be serving for the right reasons and not only for, the, for their own sake but for for God's sake as well
0: mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, we're not to kind of police others, but we can be helpful toward yeah. them by asking the question. But but ultimately, you actually can't know someone else's no. heart. No. And uh, no. you have no ac- God, but God doesn't. Because as the passage, God sees what's done in secret. And so I think the best thing we can do if we have a concern for someone yeah. else is we can ask them the question yeah. and say, how are you going with this? Yeah. Um, it's up to them and, and, and God as yeah. to how that is
1: resolved. And this goes back to a, a question I missed at the beginning. Unfortunately, I'm sorry about that. But mm. you know, uh, in a way, if the person is doing this for the wrong reasons, doing this for the attention of others, mm. they'll get their reward. Yeah, their reward is the attention of others, but they miss yes. out on the greater reward. Yes, which is a reward that comes from God, which is sharing His joy, that relational reward. So, yeah. in a way even though we don't hold them accountable, God will hold them accountable and they'll be rewarded appropriately.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's right. And I mean, it's
1: interesting, you come back to the
0: example that you gave um, back at the start of, of relational reward. Uh, I'm imagining that person who's perhaps doing something nice for their spouse, you know, putting the, the, putting up on the social media the, the photo of the flowers that they yeah. bought. But if they're in a completely broken relationship with their, with their spouse, uh, the crowd might think, oh, isn't that wonderful? How romantic buying flowers. But yeah. actually, the relationship is broken and they get the reward of the praise but they don't
1: they got the reward in full
0: that, 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 that's all they're going to get because the relationship with their spouse yeah. is broken and it's kind of the same here yeah. that, that's up to that individual to sort out between them and God um, but we can't judge that, but it's not for us to yeah. know yeah Yeah. yeah. absolutely so, yeah okay um, moving into the Lord's Prayer that was one of the sections that I think both of us moved pretty briefly through on Sunday yes. night and yes. I, I felt the, the, the weight of that it was yeah. just this is a big passage this is a big yeah. sermon on the mount yeah. and there's only so much we yeah. can do on, on a Sunday uh, but so a good question here about uh, the Lord's Prayer predominantly seems to be asking for things. Should that reflect our
1: prayers? It's interesting, isn't it? Jesus says, this is how you should pray. So Ooh. I have to answer yes. And you'll, you'll see that through all the prayers, that many of the prayers in the Scriptures are asking things from God. Ooh. So there's nothing wrong with asking things because what it does is an expression of trust. It's an expression of understanding God's character. It's an expression of the fact that you know that God is a, is a father and wants good, good things to his children. So mm. there's nothing wrong with asking. Now, is that the only thing we do in prayer? No. Mm. Uh, you, can, you can give God praise. You can confess your sins before God. There are other things we can do. But I mm. think asking God is an essential part of prayer. Mm. And interesting. I mean, uh,
0: the Lord's Prayer does, you know, hallowed be your name. It's, yeah. it's a prayer to honour God's yeah. name as holy. Yeah. And I take it that's, again... It's not the only thing going on in the Lord's Prayer that you're asking. There's a lot of asking, um,
1: yeah. yeah. But I guess the thing with the Lord's Prayer is, is an issue of orientation. So often, yes. uh, the orientation of our prayers is about what's best for us. Yes. But the orientation of the Lord's Prayer, uh, in the first half is about you know, you know, Your kingdom come, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Even at the end, Yours be the kingdom, the power, and the glory. And in the second half, it's really about, you know, uh, the th- our dependence on God for mm. everything, mm. for forgiveness. For, for sustenance, for everything. So it's yeah. very God-directed prayer. Yeah, indeed.
0: Which makes it all, all the more ironic that we might use it to garner attention for ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Because the whole point of the prayer is to point towards God. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, okay, we've got two more to go here, Gary. We're doing well. Uh, ask for comment. Can you comment on the phrase fake it till you make it in regards to spiritual fraud? Uh, more specifically, what if you are someone who goes to church and participates in Bible study because you know it's the right thing but it doesn't come naturally.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I think, if I could make it an interesting turn of phrase, but you know, I, I'd like to think of the Christian life as a bit of a journey. We grow, we, we develop over time. And so and none of the things that we do are natural. They're always supernatural. They're always empowered by the Holy Spirit who works in us in different ways at different times. So uh, I, I would encourage people, the things that you might find hard or difficult, if you find it hard to read the Bible or to pray, to go to Bible study, to go to church, Press on, keep at it, and keep asking God to help you grow in that area. Mm. But I think the whole idea of faking it isn't helpful either. It's often mm. better to be honest and just saying, "I am finding this hard. Mm. Can you help me, or can you pray for me?" Mm. And then, as as people see you grow and as God works through you in those areas, they can participate in that and see your progress and delight in that as well. Mm. That's really
0: helpful, and and maybe that then speaks to the to the perhaps the nature of our groups and the culture that we want to cultivate within our groups where it would be okay for someone to say that yeah. and to come and say, look, I'm finding this tough, but I'm, I'm trying and I'm working on it and I want to grow in this area. Sometimes I think the groups, perhaps even unwittingly, can have a culture where you feel like if, if you haven't got it all together and you, you're not a super mature Christian who knows lots and lots of stuff, then you're kind of not welcome, and I think we don't, we don't want that culture now. We we want not people coming into our groups. We want them to know the Lord and and be growing in it. But we've got to recognise that there are going to be all sorts of kind of uh, a big cross section of maturity within those groups. And sometimes you don't even realise that you're doing it, but you make you might unwittingly make it hard for someone else to. Be honest, because you, you, you set an expectation that's... Do you know what I mean? Above. Yeah, look,
1: I, I, we started Startup last week, and in, in Startup, one of the things I said is that St. Paul's isn't James Roos, that you don't have to reach a certain level in order to be part of our church, mm. and that we want people of all sorts of backgrounds and abilities and Bible knowledge and maturity to be part of what we do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so that that's a word not just to the person who's, who's kind of making their way forward in the Christian life, but the, pers- the people who are otherwise part of our groups and... Perhaps a bit further along. The, along Absolutely, the path. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, what do we got? Last one.
1: All right. I often focus on what I'm going to pray about during group prayer, because when I don't, I completely blank and freeze. <laughs>
0: bit of a comment. I, I made a, <laughs> a made a comment on Friday, on Sunday night, Gary, about uh, being careful of that moment where you're not actually listening to the other person praying yeah. because you, you're too concerned about how you're going
1: to sound and yeah. practicing. Yeah, uh, yeah. We, we've all been there. Ah. Uh, Done. I mean, we've all been there where we're praying together and there's a list of prayer points and you're thinking about what you're going to pray about, but you, didn't, you haven't been listening to the previous two prayer points and you think, have they prayed for this yet? What am I going to... We've all been there and it, it comes down to the heart again, doesn't it? Is it... Are, are you focused on what you want to pray because you want to be helpful to people mm. and pray helpfully? Or are you doing because you want to show off? Mm. And, uh... Mm. <laughs> yeah, you've got to check your heart.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And, uh... Yeah, And I wonder if the more you pray privately, the easier praying publicly becomes. Mm. Uh, if prayer is not normal in your private sphere, then it's, it's very hard to kind of am I saying the right thing or whatever. And, uh, uh, and I think that, so. that's the, the, probably the, one of the ways to overcome this kind of thing is to pray more in private and get used to communicating with God and um, grow as a prayer. And uh, yeah. in, so that it's more normal.
1: It also comes back to the thing we started with about playing to an audience of one. You know, we pray to God. There are other people there that we're praying on behalf of. Mm. But when ultimately it ultimately is about me praying to God mm. and not trying to win the approval of other people, I think it makes it easier as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Since you one of my early memories of being a Christian, I just thought of this story. I, I've been a Christian for about five or six months and I, I got the the boldness to go up to the school Christian group and I went and uh, and they closed the night in or closed the, the lunch something in, in praying. And you know in in our sort of circles that you know it's the last prayer if the person says, and we pray all these things in Jesus. And that's kind of like for the experienced Christian, that's the yeah. marker. I was too new to know that. And so after that everyone else did a big hearty Amen and then I jumped in and prayed a prayer out loud. Well first time I was praying and everyone started one guy sort of stopped me and said, Oh we finished. And there was a bit of a titter and a laugh and a joke. And it's interesting that the Christian teacher was really gracious at that point because even though I'd kind of, uh, I don't know, transgressed the kind of normal way of doing stuff, he,
1: um,
0: he said, no, let him pray because um, he's here to pray to God, not, not just to meet our normal things. And I was really encouraged. I was deeply embarrassed at the same time, but I was actually really encouraged by the teacher yeah. um, because there can be this thing in which if you don't know the right way to do it, then um, you should know better or something like that. And, and yeah, it's not about pleasing the audience or meeting the normal way of doing stuff. It's about praying to God in heaven, and uh, it's okay.
1: Yep, and he'll reward you.
0: That's it. That's (laughs) it. Good. All right, we've made it through. Um, Where are we heading for the next couple of weeks, Gary? What's happening around the traps?
1: Okay, uh, next week, uh, Compassion are coming. Compassion Mm. Sunday. We're going to speak about uh, the God behind compassion and how we can be uh, helping uh, people in poverty in Jesus' name mm. and a week after that we've got uh, uh, I think Peter Orr is coming from, from Moore College he's one lecturers at Moore College we're going to look at we're going to focus on Moore College which is our, which is our Anglican Training College mm. and uh, looking at a partnership there should be very encouraging he's an excellent speaker and then
0: next section of Matthew comes kind of two weeks or three weeks down the road really so That's we're having right. a little bit of a pause from Matthew and then we'll be back in to the back half of chapter 6 Yeah. Uh, so if you want to read that up and prep that up over the the next couple of weeks, you've got a bit of time, and uh, yeah, that's where we're heading for the next couple of weeks. Lovely, Gary. Thanks for being here. Uh, we may we're having a little break from the podcast for the next couple of weeks uh, while we've got Compassion Sunday and More College Sunday, but we will be back uh, when we when we dive back into Matthew. So we'll see you in a couple of weeks online, but we'll see you at church this Sunday. See you later. Okay, bye bye.